0: Member FDIC.
1: Okay, I'm rolling. I'm also rolling. But these um cookies and cream Pop-Tarts smack so hard, it's unreasonable. <laughs> I have only made it through the past three days because of these Pop-Tarts. Proud of you. Anyway.
0: Hello, welcome to the post-production podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Rachel. And this is the post-production podcast. It's been a couple weeks because um, Rachel was dead last week. Not really. I've been dead for a few weeks. She legitimately could not talk, so you got a week off. Yeah, last week on the
1: day that we were supposed to record, I texted Kiri and I said, Hello, I don't think I can record today. I'm at urgent care right now. And everything devolved from there. But she's
0: much better this week, so we are here to give you content. Yeah. Uh, But first, apart from being almost dead last week, the last two weeks... What have you done production-wise?
1: Let's see. I've had a pretty busy few weeks working as casting director for a big audio drama that is in the middle of recording right now. Last night, I also worked on a crew for a promotional video, so that was fun.
0: Oh, is that the one with the fart noises in the mic? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let me tell y'all, I'm normally pretty able to keep it together on a set, but last night I was working on this set. And I noticed that at the beginning of every take, the audio guy would just very briefly swing the boom stand over to one of the props guy's face just for a split second. And then he would swing it back to where it was supposed to be. And so I noticed it a few times and I was like, huh? So then I walked over there between takes and I was like, (laughs) what is so funny? And they were like, oh, put on the headphones and listen to the noise Jonathan has been making at the beginning of each take. So I put on the headphones and what filled my ears was a good old-fashioned second-grade boy fart noise, but in HD audio quality.
0: <laughs> As it should be heard.
1: Kay had been doing this at the beginning of every single take of the final scene of this promotional video. <laughs> and it made my year, because I'm immature.
0: So these past couple weeks, I've been... Just editing videos, one about bees, one about puppets. You know, the bee video hails back to like some OG
1: post-production content in that the the phobia of holes comes back
0: up in the production. It, it's not holes in general. It's it's like small holes clustered together. I don't like clusters or holes. Is it tryptophobia? Is that what it's called? Trypophobia? It's, yeah, something like that, yeah. So i was looking for stock footage for this video about beekeeping and i'm gonna need to not look at stock footage about bees for a while (laughs) oh my it is trypophobia i could never be a, a beekeeper yeah no i don't mind bees i'm not afraid of bees i like bees bees are cool i just don't like the way they live all clustered together in tiny holes it's awful you
1: know i say that about most frat guys too I have no problem with them on principle. I just have a problem with the way they live. Yeah,
0: all clustered together in tiny holes. Mm -hmm. Serving one queen and then dying when they're no longer useful.
1: (laughs) Anyways, other noteworthy production news is that the Oscars happened this week. Ah, yes. And we had a big old win for women in production this week, because what happened, Kiri? The first woman of color
0: won Best Director, and she also happens to be the second woman ever to win Best Director in the last however many years the Oscars have existed, so way to go, Academy! Ever. The entire existence of the Academy. Her name is Chloe Zhao, and she directed the movie Nomadland, which I have not seen, but maybe we should. I was gonna say, I've heard
1: super good things about it, because it was nominated in a bunch of categories. And I believe she was also nominated in two or three other categories herself as well. um, One of them being editing. Sweet. Yeah, so she's super cool. One of two women ever to win a directing award. And she is the first woman of color to do so. So um, Twitter blew up and it was a big old party and I had a good time.
0: Speaking of good quality content, there was recently a TV series that... uh, Came to an end last week. Frown, frowny face. That was but a terrible transition, but yeah, I'll, I'll well, let you. It's let very you on run brand for us, though. Welcome yes. to the post-production podcast. If this is your first time, this is normal. By the way, um, this is a fandom episode. Yes. So uh, we're pretty sure by this point, our audience demographic has already seen it all. We're going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Woo! I. I love this series. My mom accidentally called it the Winter Falcon and the Snowman (laughs) once and we haven't let her forget it.
1: (laughs) That's actually awesome. That should be their Christmas special name.
0: Winter Falcon would actually make a pretty cool superhero name. True.
1: And we should note that um, in this discussion and the discussions that follow about this show, there are a lot of spoilers. So please don't listen through this episode. If you have not finished the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. And if you haven't watched it and you don't care that it gets spoiled, then be our guest.
0: Welcome aboard. This is going to make no sense (laughs) potentially, but you're welcome to stay. I think the first thing we need to discuss is the way the show deals with race and racism. Mm. I'm a little hesitant to say a few things with any authority because I have not experienced the things that black people experience. So I have no way of knowing if. Marvel's portrayal of the Black American experience was accurate, but like there were little moments like um, the scene at the bank where the, the banker was like, Oh, you're the Falcon? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I can't give you any money. It's like just like stupid stuff. And when Sam and Bucky were arguing and the cops showed up, I don't know, they, they were like, Oh, you're the Falcon? Okay, never mind. It's not a problem, but mm-hmm. they were still there. Well, stuff like that. I think uh, Sam's speech in the final episode kind of summed up the the theme of the show for anybody who missed it. Although I was thinking to myself during that scene, the most unrealistic thing about this is that, first of all, he's really well-spoken just off the cuff after being clearly physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted, but also nobody's arguing with him. Like, if this was real life, those politicians would be arguing the crap with, out of him. Funnily
1: enough, the thing that I thought watching Sam's, like, speech scene... Yeah, I was like, there is no way that he would be that well mic'd for the news clip that was being broadcast around That too, the yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Although he was wearing a Wakandan costume, so maybe they had a, a really good mic implanted in there. True. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. The thing that I liked about the way they built... Sam's coming to grips with his identity as a black man and as a superhero. I liked that it built up, mm-hmm. right? They didn't just put Sam into the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that they could say, okay, like, here's our black character. The only thing about him is that he's black. I appreciated that, like, we had a couple of movies where we got to know him as a hero and as a guy who cared about people.
0: Yeah, I thought he had a whole personality right off the bat. So, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. He was a veteran, he was he had friends, he had this family that we got to know. And honestly, it wasn't even until like later in episode 3 and in episode 4 that like the race thing became like a bigger and more intentional conversation surrounding his character. Because up until then, like you saw his culture celebrated as a guy from the South. You saw his family celebrated and their legacy as people that had this boat that he was trying to save and all this stuff. And then towards the end of the series is when they started having more intentional conversations about his identity as a black person, which I appreciated.
0: Yeah. And during uh, Sam and Bucky's little combat therapy session <laughs> uh, where they're practicing with the shield, Bucky actually, if Bucky goes through a lot of growth with this too, just seeing what Sam has had to go through and the things he's had to think about. Mm-hmm. And he actually apologizes on behalf of himself and Steve, because neither of them knew what it would mean for a black man to carry the shield. Right. Cause they, they came from a 1940s culture where blatant racism was okay. And they didn't even see the civil rights movement. They just were kind of thrust into this modern world and had to roll with it. Right. Of course, neither of them strike me as racist, so I, I, I don't know, but, but Bucky apologized.
1: Right. But Bucky also has a posture of like, I apologize that I haven't known this facet of your identity as much and like recognized yeah. its value in your life experience. I want to have a posture of like
0: learning more about you. Yeah. Okay. Another unrealistic thing about Sam's speech at the end is that it worked like everything they worked out for it i'm like yeah right they're
1: immediately like okay we'll change all of this legislation
0: yeah he he was looking them in the eye and like talking to them and he think about it this is a black man calling himself captain america even though it wasn't the title wasn't given to him by the government like the last guy so like as far as all these politicians know captain america is a, a government issued position mm-hmm. and this guy just shows up out of nowhere that, that is currently empty technically because yeah. john walker had already been discharged so if this was real he would be called a fraud and they would not take him seriously and all of this <sighs> but um uh, the, the thing that resonated me with me most in that speech is when he said who is making the decisions in that room with you. Is it the people you're trying to help or is it people just like you? Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to open people's eyes to... The importance of representation, I might say. That's a good way to put it. Although I, I did have a problem with something he said. He said, stop calling them terrorists when the flag smashers literally are terrorists. They were definitely domestic terrorists. They they were causing violence in an effort to work towards a political agenda that, that is literally a terrorist. And I think we were supposed to draw the connection between the Flag Smashers and Black Lives Matter rioters. Oh. I say rioters intentionally, not protesters. I see the the point that they were trying to make, but I don't think that was the best way to make it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I think, like, I've seen some pretty interesting discourse online amongst fans of the series like a lot of people were like i thought it was a pretty solid series i thought that like their political discussions were fine they fit within like this cinematic storyline whatever and I also saw some people who were like, I felt like this was unnecessarily political.
0: There were some moments where I was like, Ugh. like I don't normally like, yeah, politics being thrown in my face and something that's supposed to be entertaining. Like I, I watch, I watch Marvel movies to escape the real world stuff, you know. For me, like I, I definitely yes, like the series by the
1: end it was political, like especially yeah. that sixth episode. There were some big political discussions, so I totally get, like, yeah, it was a lot of politics, um, at which you wouldn't have expected from the first three episodes. Especially, like, the first and second episode, I would not have expected it to turn into um, Sam having big political discourse in the middle of a war zone. Big political influence. But... I would also argue that like this is far from the first Marvel production we've seen that like gets into these MCU politics concerning power um and influence and the effects of war and injustice.
0: Oh yeah, Captain America Civil War. Yeah, exactly. That entire movie. That was my thing
1: is I was like this is not like a new thing
0: that only started when we
1: introduced Falcon and Winter Soldier. This hails back to at least Civil War, if not farther back. So I don't know. For me, I was like, yeah, like this, this follows in terms of sort of like political precedent that Marvel has set within its content. But I also can definitely see both sides of the politics versus no politics within an MCU series argument.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm honestly really impressed that Disney even went there because- Disney is not known for uh, exploring sensitive topics, if you will. Yeah. It was it was rather surprising, uh, but it's good to see that we're getting somewhere.
1: Well, and that was the thing is like at the end of the day, I thought they could have handled it a lot worse
0: than they did. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: They definitely could have brought in those topics just to make the company look good and ended up sacrificing mm-hmm. the rest of the series story and content which they didn't do.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen movies and TV shows that seem to do that. But it was still a a good show, even without the political stuff. Yeah. We got an hour of Dancing Zemo.
1: I really, really enjoyed Zemo's position within this story. Yeah. Like, I would have never expected Zemo to return, especially within this series, I guess. Like, maybe in a movie. But I loved what they did with his character throughout this series. Yeah.
0: And we got to get to know him a lot more, too. Mm-hmm. Because in, in Civil War, he was just kind of really sad and angry. But now he's, like, he's been in jail for five years. He's just He just wants to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, hey, I got an airplane. Let's go to the club. Let's dance. Let's dress up. Let's have fun. Of course, he's still not a good person. But... He was entertaining. He was an interesting addition to the team. Right. So to speak. Yeah. Let's talk about John Walker. How do you... Oh,
1: yes. I have been dying to talk about John Walker because I hate John Walker.
0: Yeah. Like, when he first showed up, I was like, oh, no. Literally, the
1: second I saw his stupid face with those long sideburns that would never be allowed in the military, I was like... Oh, no.
0: Yeah, and and, like the first few episodes, he's not really a bad person. He's just annoying. He's crazy. He he didn't do anything bad. He was just kind of a a, a mean person. John Walker, (laughs) the thing that
1: made me mad about him was that it wasn't even like he was just like strong-willed or just like really wanted one thing. It was like that man legitimately never listened to anyone ever the entire and like what I'm not just saying like oh like people gave him advice and he chose not to listen I'm saying like if you watch that dude's face in every scene he's in mm-hmm. he is so checked out from everyone else
0: yeah like I think it was about the third or fourth episode must have been the fourth episode where I was like something's not right in his head like th- just from the psychologist perspective
1: yeah even like Lamar would give him, would even just, like, say, like, pretty normal stuff to him. And Lamar, who's, like, ostensibly his best friend, John would just, like, he'd be, like, sitting there, not really registering that he was listening to anything this guy was saying to him. And then he'd be like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. And just spout off something crazy that doesn't take into account
0: any part of the situation he's in. Ugh. Yeah. And then he killed a terrorist in front of everybody. With... The shield. With the shield. I watched a reaction video where somebody said, well, that taints the image of Captain America of America mm-hmm. really forever. Yeah. No matter what Steve did in the past. And now we have a bloody shield.
1: Well, and there was that really iconic shot of Walker standing over the dead body with mm-hmm. the bloody shield and the camera pans under him and just highlights like his bloody shield. Oh, man.
0: I, I do have to say that the bloody shield was actually kind of cool.
1: It was kind of cool. Captain America, as Steve Rogers, had this very, like, squeaky clean image, mm-hmm. both figuratively and literally. Like, the shield was never nasty when he carried it. It never had, like, blood and guts on it. None of that. Yeah. And then Walker, like, very symbolically just covers it in blood during, like, this unhinged attack. Yeah. And that brings up something that I... I said it like the first episode, probably first 10 minutes of the first episode, this series might have been some of the most violent content that Marvel has put out so far. Maybe. I'm not talking overall number of deaths or anything, because obviously their movies beat this easily in terms of like number of deaths or scope of deaths. But in terms of like violent hand-to-hand, person-to-person material, it was a lot more like shocking in this series
0: most of the fights are like human versus alien or uh enhanced human versus enhanced human this was just regular people mm-hmm. fighting each other killing Feeding each other the
1: crud out of each other yeah
0: well and and we need to point out that the the guy john walker killed was the guy who looked up to captain america as a kid
1: mm-hmm. that was brutal uh,
0: what about what about carly they, they they do a good job of showing her side of the story and kind of making you empathize with her, but not that much. So... <laughs> like, they make her more than just an evil person.
1: So Carly Morgenthau, who's one of the villains in the series, I would say there are a lot in this one, Um, but she's one of the consistent villains in the series. She's played by this British actress named Erin Kellyman, who is also in Solo, fun fact.
0: Yeah, I recognized her immediately.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, she is so cool. And I think she really showed off some incredible emotional range as an actress in this series because you got to see her like at first it was her leading like this small army and she was clearly like determined but she was also vulnerable and scared and unsure the whole time right yeah and then you see her like occasionally like she'll you know, she and Sam have that conversation where they're, like, actually both, like, really empathizing with one yeah. another and really reasoning. And the
0: whole time I was like, John's gonna break in here and ruin everything at some point. But
1: then, like, you see her become more and more unhinged. So by the end of this series, like, that scene where she, like, gives all her people the orders and she's like, yeah, like, if we need to, we'll kill the hostages. It sends our message regardless. And then she's like, okay, anyways, one world. And they, none of them respond with the little one people tagline. And she just looks at them with like the crazy eyes and she's like one world. And then they're all kind of like, oh, one people. Like that scene, I was like, ooh, like she just pivoted that character so hard and in such a brilliant way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what, what are some other characters we should talk about
1: how much do we want to spoil about sharon
0: carter yeah we can go ahead and spoil it a lot of people saw the whole power broker thing coming i mean i didn't initially and i I saw a post where someone was like theorizing about stuff and they said everyone kind of thinks that sharon is the power broker i was like ah okay did that catch you by surprise
1: no actually I thought they downplayed the power broker storyline too much for it to feel like a big deal.
0: That, yeah, she, she was, she wasn't used as much as they made it seem like they would use her. Right. So
1: I was, I was not in episode, I think it was episode six, it was revealed that she was the power broker. And I was completely unsurprised because they had already revealed to the audience that she was playing two sides. Yeah. So once they revealed that, I was like, oh, like she's clearly the power broker. But, like, overall, the way they played the Power Broker storyline, I wasn't even expecting it to come back at all. Because Marvel makes so many obscure, random, abstract references to, like, oh, you know, and this person does this thing. But it's this whole big wide universe that they're operating in. And sometimes those things never come back. Um, And they really played it off like the power broker thing was not a big deal and it wasn't going to come back. But then the second it became clear that she was the power broker, I was like, oh, well, this is how they're going to get into season two. It was just so obviously a a ploy to set up content for season two. Yeah. And I think it'll be good content, but only because she's a Carter. Yeah. That's what makes it emotionally compelling.
0: I I hope we get a season two. Do we know for sure that we're getting a season two?
1: I don't know for sure, but I think that's why they left it on a cliffhanger is in case they get a season two, which I have a feeling they will because I feel like it was a fairly successful series. Yeah.
0: Like this would be a, a good series to do multiple seasons of
1: it would also be a little unfortunate if they were like all right we're gonna have a black captain america and then they didn't
0: renew the show right yeah well i mean there's also movies later on there's also
1: movies but it it might be a bad look after like amping it up so much like oh like we're gonna do this big representative thing like i think they'd be kind of crazy if they just never did another
0: season and like like wandavision i think that was all we got of that like that was a nice story that just had a conclusion a very clear conclusion yeah oh i don't i think WandaVision was definitely a one shot i liked WandaVision Th- these are two very different shows and then we're getting Loki in June which is going to be yeah Another very different show.
1: Yeah. Also, and yeah, this is a side note. Let us know if you want us to do an episode where we react to like our thoughts on WandaVision or the Loki stuff or any of the upcoming movies, because I like going on rabbit trails about shows I've just watched, but.
0: Because WandaVision was like a wizardy sitcom mystery. It was very supernatural. Yeah. And then Falcon Winter Soldier just felt like an action show. Not even a superhero show, just like action and right. fighting and stuff. That's actually and then- what
1: I loved about Falcon and Winter Soldier was, um, I, I love the action genre and the thing that drives me crazy about it is there's not a lot of continuity. Yeah. You know, you get one or two action movies within a franchise and even then, like most action movies, like, honestly, there's not a lot of story content there. They lay out like a story point and then they fight for two hours. The thing I liked about Falcon and Winter Soldier is there was so much story and there was so much content and then there was still just like these awesome, gripping, compelling like fighting scenes and strategies and chases. Yeah. I don't know. I I loved it.
0: And it looks like Loki is going to be like a the weird, wacky, sci-fi bullcrap that we all love. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's yeah. going to be its own thing as well. So it would not be the post-production podcast without... A BuzzFeed, Buzzfeed quiz. quiz. Oh, yeah. Since we spent so much time talking about characters, let's find out which one we are. Oh, yes. Except I think this one is specifically, are you Bucky or Sam? Oh, please. Which one do you think you are before we take this? I am clearly
1: Bucky and you are clearly Sam. This is, like, not even a debate. Oh,
0: I was thinking I'm Bucky. How are you Bucky? I don't know, just like, eh, you know?
1: Yeah, but, like, between the two of us, you're more type A. And Sam oh, okay. is, like... Sam is like the straight character. Bucky's like the angsty, like meh. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, well, we'll see. This is an interesting one. So we have are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? And then a, a scale. Oh. I am super introvert. I'm gonna,
1: I'm like, ugh, I don't even know how to visually describe this to you. I'm putting <laughs> it halfway between introvert and the middle. Okay. So I'm very much introvert, but like not as introvert as you.
0: Oh, I know. Hardly anyone is as introvert as me. Yeah, that that that's true. They they are kind of a, a introvert extrovert type relationship. Although Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are definitely a major introvert major extrovert relationship. They are so uh-huh. much fun to watch in interviews.
1: Oh man, I love watching the Marvel cast interviews. Because they just have so much fun being friends.
0: Yeah, I I went down the YouTube rabbit hole recently and just watched a bunch of Marvel cast interviews. They're so much fun. Are you more of a words or a numbers person? Oh, I'm sliding all the way to words. I am a slightly more numbers person. I'm like a third of the way towards numbers. I could see that. Are you more of an optimist or a pessimist? (laughs) I'm halfway to pessimist.
1: I would say like, I... Oh, this is tough. I like... Usually present as a pessimist because I'm naturally pretty cynical. But at my core, I definitely lean towards optimist. So I'm just going to budget a little bit towards optimist.
0: Are you more of an independent or team player? I'm an
1: independent woman. That's not the song. I'm halfway towards team player. Oh yeah.
0: I work much better when I'm alone.
1: I like to have control, but I also work best when like I can delegate stuff out so that we can all
0: work on the stuff we're really good at and make it better. Yeah, see, I try to do that, but I have a tendency to forget that I have a team. Uh, (laughs) That I can delegate stuff to, because I think, oh, I want things to look this way, and I'm the only person who can do that. Mm. Just gotta communicate. That's how you do that. Are you more patient or impatient? It depends on the situation. Fair. I'm gonna go slightly towards patient.
1: I'm gonna go a little bit towards impatient. Depends on how much coffee I've had. If I've had, like, no coffee, I am so impatient. I'm like, just get me out of here so I can go be dead. (laughs) But if I've had, like, several cups of coffee, I'm good to go. I can sit through anything.
0: Are you more emotional or even-tempered? I think I'm more even-tempered. I'm just very tense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the most true thing you've ever said. (laughs) See, this is tough because like, I don't know, I'm not a naturally like emotionally wired person, especially like in a high pressure situation. I keep my cool pretty well because I want it to be like a fairly even plane for decision making. Yeah. I think like if I let myself truly process what I'm actually feeling most of the time, I might be more emotional. I also have a problem with the way this is worded because I think combining... Your ability to have logic and keep your cool with your emotional intelligence actually makes you, like, way more powerful.
0: Well, yeah, but which one are you? I'm not!
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem! Which one
0: are you more?
1: I'm gonna budget... Like, just barely towards
0: emotional. Are you driven more by your morals or your goals? Oh, my goals, baby. Yeah, I'm going to push it all the way. Yeah. That's
1: not to say I'm not a moral person. Like, I always observe basic human rights ethics
0: (laughs) in my work. Assuming that human rights ethics are a part of goals, then yes, all the way. Are you more calculated or impulsive? calculated
1: yeah i'm pretty calculated if you need me to do something big if you're like hey let's go on a road trip this saturday i need like four months worth of notice and probably some therapy (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: are you more mysterious or an open book i think i'm mysterious
1: you're pretty mysterious thanks okay what you need to tell me on this one because i genuinely don't know okay Ah. I'd say you're about halfway
0: to open book.
1: Okay. I think I have a way of presenting myself as like, I'm super open. You can know anything about me. Like I'm friendly. Yeah. But
0: there are things you don't just talk about. Yeah.
1: And it's not that I'm like, Oh, like I'm, I'm keeping everything from everyone. Everything about me is fake. But I also don't just like walk into a room and spill my guts. I'm fairly calculated. Yeah, like I, there there are things I
0: rarely talk
1: about, even in real life. Are you more approachable or intimidating?
0: Apparently I'm very intimidating and I'm okay with that. What am I? I think you're approachable. Like you're you're mostly approachable. Okay. Like on set, you're pretty (laughs) intimidating, but. Thank you! Most of the time. Ah! Oh, You're approachable. You have no idea. Oh, like, okay.
1: I don't want to be like a jerk on set.
0: Maybe I'm the only one who respects you. I don't know.
1: No, but like, if I'm like in a room where I'm in leadership, I try to be very like professional, I guess. Not screwing around or anything. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I've never been called intimidating in my entire life. <laughs> that makes me so happy.
0: Do you prefer bright colors or dark colors? dark colors. I'm
1: currently wearing a bright purple t-shirt and red shorts. thought that was blue. Oh, I see. It's purple. So probably bright. Are you
0: rebellious or a rule follower? Oh boy. It depends. I'm mostly rule follower. I am too. But there are times when I just I don't don't, care. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Like, what do you do if there's a rule that you don't like?
1: Well, so it's more so like, if it's a rule I intellectually disagree with, I probably won't. I'm trying to think of one that won't get me in a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if the rule is something outlandish, like don't wear chacos on set, (laughs) I think that's stupid. So I'm going to wear black chacos to every set I'm in charge of, which I do, by the way. And also, like, In that case, if for some reason I happen to get hurt because I wore Chacos instead of Vans, which I would argue they have about the same amount of toe protection, Hmm. the only person that gets hurt
0: is me. Yeah, like there there are little things that I will rebel against just because. And usually if there's a a rule that I don't like, then I'll just avoid situations in which I would have to follow that rule. And finally, are you more quiet or talkative? (laughs) quiet. I slid the slider all the way to talkative. (laughs) I slid the slider all the way to quiet. Uh, So what'd you get? Did you get Sam or Bucky? Uh, Well, we all know I got Sam. I got
1: Bucky! You were right. Uh, Yep, I knew it. This is so funny because I think in my head I'm like, oh, Sam is all like by the book and nice because I think of you as by the book and nice. Thanks. But you're also like my really good friend. It's funny because I feel like (laughs) We both present very differently. So I present as like all friendly and talkative and in touch with my emotional chakras. Emotional and chakras. you present as all like cold and calculated. And I feel like at the core, we are the opposite. It's a
0: dog-cat relationship.
1: If you just called me the golden retriever girlfriend, I'm going to end you because I am not. I am a cat. I,
0: I, I am okay. a cat, Kiri. Okay. How about this? You can be a small dog close enough like an angry schnauzer no That's <laughs> a small dog i can't like you don't understand i have always been a cat
1: my whole life i'm kind of like an overly friendly likes hugs and snacks kind of cat but like i am i i like to nap in the sunlight and i like to not be talked to sometimes
0: <laughs> and you like to leap for things you can't reach
1: uh yeah like success
0: at basic human functions (laughs) so here's here's what it says about me being bucky says you have a tough exterior and can be pretty intimidating at first but you've got a heart of gold you got a sarcastic sense of humor an edgy style and you aren't afraid to take a risk. <laughs> Sometimes you're hesitant to let new people in, but you're the best friend a person could ask for once they've earned your trust. Can't that was a with little that. too on the nose. <laughs> <I was laughs> like... Every single word of that. <laughs>
1: that, was... that was really on the nose. <laughs> the first few sentences I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then it just kept going. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Buzzfeed has to say about me being Sam Wilson. You're just like Captain America himself. You're a friendly, quick-witted person who genuinely wants to make the world a better place. Oh no. It's right. (laughs) You're an optimist We are Sam and Bucky. (laughs) And 100% the friend people turn to when they need advice or a pep talk. People sometimes confuse your kindness for weakness. Not true. But you have no problem showing them that you can be the sweetest person alive and kick some supervillain butt. I feel like... The whole friendly, quick-witted, who genuinely wants to make the world a better place, that's true. I don't know about
0: the rest of that.
1: Yeah. Because I feel like very rarely do people perceive me as a weak person. I don't think so either.
0: Uh, This next one is just which character are you? I'm dead at
1: this. We only need seven questions to determine which Falcon and the Winter Soldier character you are. This is a very invalid test. And then the little subtitle says, personally, I hope I'm Bird Boy or his angry metallic best friend. (laughs) (laughs) which of these words best describes you reliable independent determined level-headed funny or ambitious ambitious Hmm. i would say determined pick another character to team up with sarah wilson lamar hoskins ayo (laughs) yeah that's how i always read like ayo (laughs) is it ayo i think it's ayo okay um, Sarah Wilson, Lamara Hoskins, Io, Joaquin Torres, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, or James Rhodes. I'm thinking Io. Clearly Torres. I love Torres. I wish we had seen more of him in season one. But I also think he's going to come back because he has he has the falcon wings. He has a major comic book connection. Yeah. So there's no way they're not bringing him back. Which of these Marvel movies is your favorite? Uh, Captain America, The First Avenger, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, or Avengers Endgame. Endgame! Uh, Black Panther, actually. All the way.
0: Pick a quote from the show. Looking strong, John!
1: (laughs) Okay, that one ended me. The delivery on that one was incredible. Because that was when he was getting his butt kicked by three Wakandan women. I am so bucky. Looking strong, John! You would say that. Um, every time something gets better for one group, it gets worse for another. Some people think that he's in a secret base on the moon looking
0: down over us. Symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning. The world's broken. Everybody's just looking for somebody to fix it. And does he always just stare like that? I'm going for looking strong, John. Yeah, same. Looking strong, John. That's your greatest weakness. Uh, I see
1: I'm very stubborn and that's it. Um, mine is... I can be overly cynical because it's true.
0: The other options are I lose my cool easily. I find it difficult to trust others, which is also true of me. I think the best of everyone, which is definitely not true of me. I've struggled to see things from other people's point of view. But yeah, I'm very stubborn.
1: I feel like mine, if I didn't pick the cynicism one, would also be the stubbornness one.
0: Pick a location from the show. D.C., Madripoor, New York City, Delacroix, however you say that. I thought it was New Orleans. Uh, Riga, or Munich. I like DC. Actually, I haven't lived there, but I like it.
1: (laughs) I love DC. Um, I'm going to go with Latvia only because I haven't been and it looked really cool in the show. Finally, pick an original Avenger to be best buds with. We have Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Hulk. Um, And by Captain America, I mean Steve Rogers.
0: Well, I know which one you're going to pick. Clearly Steve Rogers. (laughs) I thought you were going to pick Hawkeye. Thor looks like he would be a fun bestie.
1: Oh my goodness. I got Zemo. (laughs) Zemo. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a gif of him dancing in the club.
0: I, I think that's a better fit for you than Falcon, honestly. Guess what I got? What? Bucky? Bucky Barnes! Of course.
1: Again! <laughs> well, so Zemo is funny because, like, he
0: he's a pretty even
1: split between, like, he can be very friendly and warm and, like, have
0: fun. But he's also stone cold, so.
1: Yeah, but he's also very intelligent and gets stuff done.
0: Yeah, stone cold.
1: Yeah, so this one says, you definitely have Zemo energy. You tend to come across as cold and calculating at first, but you warm up once people get to know you. You're a naturally opinionated person. That's very true. And (laughs) will not hesitate to take a stand and do what you think is right. Yeah, this is very true. Except I don't know if I come across as cold and calculating at first, but I am.
0: Depends on what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, if you meet me on a set. Cold and calculating to the max. If
1: you meet me literally anywhere else, I'm like, Hi, I'm Rachel. Want to go get coffee?
0: Yeah, this this Bucky description isn't as good as the last one. It just says, you can be a little moody and sarcastic, but you've got a good heart and you're with your friends to the end of the line. You have moods? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) BuzzFeed says so, so it's obviously true. Clearly.
1: Okay, uh, to close, can we talk about how the very last, like,
0: title card oh, of the yes. show said
1: Captain America and the Winter Soldier?
0: Yes, it, it should have been so Captain good. America and the White Wolf, though, because the whole point of Bucky's arc was flushing out all the all that was left of the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, how he's the White Wolf now. So it should have been Captain America and the White Wolf, because if you say Captain America and the Winter Soldier, it gets confused with the movie Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So that, that's my only complaint about that.
1: I don't think they're going to rename the series, but I thought it was a cute like, ending card.
0: Yeah, but still should have been Captain America and the White Wolf. I said what I said.
1: I can agree <laughs> with you there.
0: So we hope you enjoyed The Winter Falcon and the Snowman as much as we did. And you can also find these BuzzFeed quizzes on BuzzFeed. Yes. Let us know your thoughts. What, what did you think of the show?
1: Yeah, what hot takes do you have that we missed? Yes. in our poorly planned reaction to the show today.
0: Yes, share this episode to your Instagram story and tell us your opinions about the show, not about us. Uh, well, or you can tell us your, you can tell us your opinions about us. But we don't really care.
1: Yeah, tag us at Rachel H and H and at Curie underscore Jones, and you should actually do it this week mm-hmm. because every time we do a fandom episode. I get flooded with texts and DMs of people who manage to get ticked off at one tiny facet of whatever <laughs> fandom we've talked about that day. See, so, I don't
0: get that. I don't know what it is with
1: people and you. I know your opinions <laughs> exist, people. So, instead of texting me that you're annoyed at our takes on Share this the episode. aspect of the fandom, you should Share just it post it so that all of your followers can be annoyed with your hot takes. <laughs> I said what I said. No, but really, we would love to hear from you on Instagram. So hit yes. us up there or find us on TikTok at Pod. Um, you can check out our singular viral TikTok or all
0: of our other ones. And we also have a website, it doesn't really do much, but we have a website, postprodpod.com. And also, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to hit that follow button so you can get updated every single time we upload an episode. Yes. Every Saturday-ish. Every Saturday, unless I have a
1: racking cough. Racking cough. Delicious. Gross. <laughs> 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 I was nasty. I
0: regret... <laughs> This has been the post... <laughs> post production <laughs> podcast <laughs> all right goodbye. goodbye we'll let rachel breathe for a minute <laughs> the it's always the right time deal
1: hey want to go to mickey d's for lunch oh let's go now
0: <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet if we're going to mcdonald's it's always the right time yeah it's hard to argue with that There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's.
1: And there's a classic for every craving. Mix and match two for just $3.50, like a McChicken, a McDouble, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.